0: and welcome to Unleash Your Creative Magic. It's absolutely amazing to have you here. I'm your host, Helen Pfeiffer, a published writer of 17 crime novels, both traditionally and indie published. And I'm here to talk to you about the magic of writing, unleashing your creativity, and how to set yourself free from being stuck inside the writer's closet. I'd like to share my journey with you from that initial idea for a book to where I am now and all the very messy stuff in between. The highs, the lows, and the fuck me, this is impossible moments. I hope that somewhere along the way, this podcast might be of some use to you. You might even find some inspiration lurking in here. So grab yourself a coffee and come and join me on the writer's couch as we dive right into living your best creative life. Oh, good evening. How is everybody? It all goes quiet for a while, and then bang, before you know it, another week has passed by and it's time to record another episode. So how's everyone doing? Did anyone ever go at writing their own ghostly tale last week? Um, I haven't had any messages, so somebody please write one. And I'll tell you what, it's absolutely lashing down tonight, but you know what? I love the winter and the rain, because you can't hear any pesky seagulls, so that's a good start. Well, I'm not kidding you, my week has absolutely flown by. I'm still listening to Black Angel by John Connolly whenever I get a minute. I'm currently reading The Lighthouse Witches by CJ Cook, which is really good. And I've also started reading A Year of Mystical Thinking by Emma Howarth. And I've tried to stream my Insta a bit this week on the advice of my amazing coach Gabby. And unfortunately, I've managed to ban my, get myself banned from liking any posts and I haven't been able to like any for about 48 hours, which is a bit of a pain, but hopefully they'll um, forgive me soon and let me back back to like doing all my liking. I tend to get a little bit finger happy when someone follows me on Instagram and I instantly follow back because I always feel guilty like I should. But like Gabby said, I don't need to follow everybody. So what else is going on? I finished the edits from hell. Well, they wouldn't have been if I hadn't messed up the timeline in the first place. So that's entirely my fault. And I just want to say a massive congratulations to my gorgeous friend, Jo Bartlett, on the birth of her first grandchild, Arthur, who is just adorable. And a huge well done to Anna for being so amazing. And congratulations to Jack and Lloyd too. It's so exciting seeing a new baby. I came across an Edgar Allan Poe quote yesterday, which kind of sums up this last week. I am a writer, therefore I am not sane. And this proper made me chuckle out loud, because this week I have definitely been questioning my sanity. That and trying to figure out ideas for my next few books to send off to Emily, which is how I've ended up recording this podcast, because it's slightly easier than coming up with plots and uh, synopsises. I was thinking a lot about what goes into making stories bestsellers this last week. The ones that really grab readers attention and make them get behind the books and the author who's wrote them, obviously. And naturally, I began thinking about the books I've written and how they'd done sales wise and what exactly it was that drew readers in so much that they can't get enough of the characters, which as a writer is what we all want. As both readers as well, I want to fall a little bit in love with the main character. And when I'm writing, I feel the same way. I want to know that I can feel their happiness and their pain and sorrow and their heartbreak, you know what I mean. So I've just binged watched Midnight Mass on Netflix, which I enjoyed a lot. And I know a lot of people haven't, but I think it's one of those that you need to keep on with to understand what's actually happening and why. And I'm not going to say what happened at the end, but it definitely wasn't what I was expecting. Or should I? If you haven't watched it, skip this part so I don't spoil it for you. Have you gone? Or paused it? Yes, good. Basically, all but two of the characters die, which I knew was coming. I figured that bit out around episode five. But it's a bit of an anti after spending almost seven hours watching something. And I rarely sit down and watch the TV because I'm always busy writing. And I'm not saying that it didn't work, because quite frankly, they absolutely needed to die. But it was certainly different to what I'd expected, which can be good. I found myself going through a whole host of emotions as I watched this show. Suspicion, empathy, horror, sadness, and then shock, which I suppose made it work better, because I kept thinking about it so much that I had to keep on watching it to the bitter end. Why though? Because I needed to know what was going to happen to them all. Did Riley fuck it up again? How did they all survive on a small island 30 miles from the mainland? When was someone going to take that six-foot crucifix off the church wall and shove it up Bev's ass, Or better still, smack her on the head with it? And would the islanders accept the sheriff as one of them? You get my drift. I was totally invested in these characters, which leads me on to thinking about two of my best-selling characters, Annie Graham and Morgan Brooks. What is it about them? both that makes the readers want to keep on rooting for them and reading more well Annie was my first strong female lead character and she's tough yet vulnerable and at the beginning of the book she's hiding in the woods at her brother's farmhouse after leaving her violent husband who tried to kill her and she's sporting a shaved head and a scar that Frankenstein would be proud of now my readers love her she's a community police officer with a strong sense of morals a great sense of humour and a gay best friend Jake who we all want in our lives. I think that Annie makes the readers want to root for her. They love her and want her to be safe. But at the same time, no matter how lovely she is, some pretty awful things happen to her, which showed them exactly how strong she is. She doesn't give up. And at the end of the book, spoiler alert number two, she manages to save herself from a burning building and escaping a serial killer. And now I get emails and messages all the time asking me when the next Annie book will be out. And I'm really desperate to start writing one because I miss her so much. In fact, I did start the other year, but I've struggled to find the time to work on it. Now, looking at Annie's first two book sales, combined, they come in at around 108,428 books. So what about my forensic pathologist, Beth Adams? I really loved writing her, but I'm not afraid to say that it was very difficult, especially all the research that was needed. In my homage to Patricia Cornwell and Kay Scarpetta, I had no idea how complicated it was going to get, which isn't the greatest when time is not on your side. I literally have to produce a book in around three months, and I think that Beth deserved a lot longer. I also made her a bit older, a bit younger than me actually, but an older woman and she was quite standoffish and she lived alone and was terrified of her home being broken into after she was almost killed by her ex-husband. There's a bit of a pattern there. Now readers like Beth, they did, but the sales of her books to date only come in at around 66,380. Whereas my latest series Morgan Brooks, has really taken off and I'm so grateful to my readers for loving her as much as they do. So what is it about Morgan that they love? I think it's a combination of her being a little bit different to the other coppers. Tis a little bit out there, a little bit gothy. She's younger, naive and got thrown in over her head on the first day out on independent patrol. And I think readers have connected with her far more than I ever imagined. They're rooting for her to do well and to find her confidence and show everyone else in the station what she's made of and that she's turning into quite the detective. Plus, bless her, I do put her in some awful life or death situations, but that's all part of the thrill, and it makes the books page-turners, or at least I hope it does. And to date, the first two books in that series have sold around 96,254 books. So Annie is in the lead, but her first book was published back in 2013, so she's been around for quite some time, whereas Morgan was first published in 2020. Now, I'm not telling you these figures to show off. God, no, I couldn't imagine anything worse. I'm just trying to figure out myself what it is about the books and the different characters that have sold more and what has made them um more relatable than Beth. And people are finding them easier to get to know, which is fine. I enjoy writing different characters. It would be a bit boring if they were all the same, a bit like the Stepford Wives, if you're old enough to remember that. If you're just starting out, then I think it helps to write for just one person. Thinking about your ideal reader, what do they enjoy reading? Stephen King addresses his books to his constant reader, and I guess when I started writing, my ideal reader was actually me. I didn't have anyone in particular in mind except for pleasing myself. I was writing that first draft of Annie Graham's story for me, for my own entertainment, And it was only when after a good seven years and I had relatively finished a half-decent first draft that I actually thought that maybe maybe other readers like me might want to have a chance to have a look at it. And I guess I was aiming for women who love being scared and thrilled at the same time, which is my favourite, and who probably led quite busy lives. Mums, women who were working hard or stuck at home and couldn't go to work, but they all had one thing in common. They enjoyed reading the same kind of stories as me. So when you're thinking about who you're writing your story for, after yourself, because I think if you don't write a story for yourself, you're not going to enjoy it. What kind of market are you aiming for? Do you want your characters to appeal to fantasy readers who enjoy Game of Thrones? Or young adults who want to be whisked away to Hogwarts boarding school? Actually, forget the young adults. I think all of us, no matter what age we are, would like to be whisked away there. So what's your writing style? And I I was thinking about this as well, and whether it was the style that had any effect on the different sales. But I kind kind of stick to the same style anyway. And I I think once you start, you'll find that you do as well. It's better to just be writing as yourself. You can base yourself on Angela Marsons or James Herbert, Stephen King, by copying their style, but definitely not their stories because that's uncool and against the law but it's your voice that we're going to make your story unique to you and make your readers identify with the story. Now, I swear a lot, I blame it on having five kids all very close together, but the truth be told, I've always been partial to the word fuck. My dad used to go mad, bless him, and I do have to try and tone it down in my stories so I don't upset anyone too much. But it wouldn't be me if my stories were filled with oh gosh and oh dear. Have I told you about the eyelash technician from Las Vegas? I think I have. But bless her, she messaged me to tell me that she plays my audio books to her clients and they love my British swear words, especially words like had a face like a slapped ass" or I'd rather shit in my hands and clap, which is Ben is partial to saying in, in Morgan's stories. Ha <laughs> ha! God, they are terrible. But readers, and maybe not all of them, but a lot of them are happy to read on even after such atrocities because... They are what makes my voice mine and I suppose make my style unique to me. And by writing in your own voice, you're making your story unique to you. Does that make any sense? So after I've blown the end into Midnight Mass, told you about my characters and who's the teacher's pet, there's only one thing for me to do. Say goodbye and start working on my own ideas for the next few books instead of wasting time. Whatever you're doing, have an amazing week. But most of all, get right in. if you'd like to check out my credentials to see if i know what i'm talking about then head over to my amazon page and if you'd like to join a community of like-minded creatives then head over to the unleash your creative magic facebook group i'll paste the links in the show notes thank you so much for listening i honestly can't wait to speak to you in the next episode where i'll dive into the process of how i wrote my first book until next time take care